1: Hello and welcome back to another episode of Beyond the To-Do List. I'm your host, Eric Fisher, and this is the show where we talk to the people behind the productivity. This week it's my privilege to bring you a conversation I had between internet business masteries Jason Van Orden. If you don't know that name, there's probably another name that you do know who's been on the show before, which is Pat Flynn. And Pat Flynn attributes a lot of his early success and getting started in the internet business and even his mastery of it, see what I did there, to Jason, and it is Pat's credit to Jason Van Orden and Jeremy Franston, where he essentially says that they helped him get his start, and that's where things changed for him. So if that's not an endorsement, I don't know what is. I say all that to say this. This is a great conversation for you to listen to for the following reasons. One, we talk about setting goals and creating habits and workflows to reach those goals, something that's not new to the show. But a new aspect to the show is a perspective on not just future you receiving the benefit of those goals, but immediate future you, if that's even a term receiving benefit from those goals. In other words, getting a daily reward or getting an immediate response or reward or benefit out of those habits that you are in the process of forming as well as forming for the future. Not only that, but we talk about self-doubt and imposter syndrome and how to deal with that. It's a really good episode. It's a really great conversation. You're going to love it. Before we get into that conversation, I have to say thank you to AWeber for supporting this episode of Beyond the To-Do List. AWeber is a leading email marketing platform for growing businesses and entrepreneurs. They have come out with this awesome resource slash landing page that is for anyone who wants to be a better digital marketer. And you don't even have to necessarily be a marketer so much as a marketer slash content creator or want to make that next new thing that you know you should be doing in your online business slash hobby to get to those free resources. All you need to do is go to aweber.com slash to do. Go there and you will find free videos, downloadable checklists that will help you quickly launch These next important pieces for your online business and or hobbies. The next tactics, this checklist will help you have something tangible to support your drive to get started, much like I was just talking about with Pat Flynn. Again, the website to find that and check that out and get those free resources and videos and checklists is aweber.com slash to do. That's a w e. B-E-R.com slash to-do, T-O-D-O. Thanks again to A Weber for supporting this episode of Beyond the To-Do List. Enjoy this conversation with Jason Van Orden. Well, this week, it is my privilege to finally get Jason Van Orden on the show. Jason, welcome to the show.
2: Hey, Eric. Thanks. Yeah, we've been talking about doing this for a while.
1: Yeah, so you were on my initial list. And in fact, you're just sparking my memory here that you... Don't know this, and neither does the audience, but you were actually one of the catalysts for me starting this show. Let me explain. Wow. Yeah. Well, let me explain. So okay. Two things. One, uh, I knew of you prior to June or July, summer of New York City, 2012 at Blog World, okay. and we were both there, and I had never met you. We were both there as speakers, and uh, some, I don't know what it was, some brand, some startup thingy was saying, hey, all the speakers, come to lunch at this thing. And it was basically they wanted to pitch to us while we sat there, and they gave us free food. Right. Uh, I sat down next to you not knowing it was you. Okay. And uh, you turned to me, and you're like, hey, here, do you want any of this? And I don't remember what it was, but it was something cool. And I was like, sure, I'll try that. And I was like, "And you're like, hi, I'm Jason. And I'm like, hi, I'm Eric. No, wait, I I think – anyway, the, the, the way it went was I said, hi, I'm Eric. And you said, hi, I'm Jason. And I said – Van Orden, hi, nice to meet you. <laughs> and so that was how we met, at least in person. But then what you don't know is, and you probably didn't even remember that, but then what happened was, is I sat in on a session that I think was an impromptu session because somebody had to bow out. And so you were talking all about the, uh, oh, I don't know, basically the, the discovering your customer's pain points and how to really succinctly, succinctly is not a word, but succinctly <laughs> is, analyze what it is they needed and all that kind of stuff. And anyway, I was sitting there taking notes from what you were saying on how to best deliver what it was. I wanted to deliver with this show because oh, nice. it hadn't been born yet. Uh, it was about six weeks later that I launched it. So I have to say thank you because you really helped me hone in on really making something worthwhile right from the get go.
2: Awesome Well, that's amazing. Wow. Just, I mean, that's so cool to hear that. Uh, and you know your show's done quite well, so to have played any small part in that is certainly an honor. That's yeah, great.
1: Yeah. So I, and so I've been following you, well, since prior to that, but recently, on Facebook, you've been posting stuff all about your fascination is probably not the right word, but just you're having fun with a soda stream. And and you're not the first person I've seen use a soda stream, but you decided to use one and even get your daughter in on it and been doing it for 30 plus days now. And you started it for a reason. And so I have to ask, what was that reason? And why did you feel like this was the right thing at the right time for you right now?
2: Right. So... And let me just say a, a, a quick sidestep here. I mean, I can't help, and and this is leading to why I share this stuff on Facebook. But um, you, you know, something that I that just permeates all everything I do in life. Um, you know, especially in my professional work, but even the way that I approach social media and talk to friends, whatever. Is I I just I, I feel compelled to connect people with bits of knowledge or resources, or even, you know, the people that will, you know, help further whatever their current, you know, most important goals and outcomes and purposes are in their life. And so certainly when I find something that's benefiting me greatly, and and this might even, I mean, this plays out in like, discovering new music i can't help but share <laughs> yeah. it with somebody that i know is going to like this band that i've discovered or whatever right so anyway that's why i'm i'm sharing this on on there and like the big thing for me is like i recently did a whole 30 which if people aren't familiar it's like a, it's a 30 day program for basically eating whole foods but eliminating grains and dairy and and added sweeteners and anything that like typically causes our bodies a lot of problems and inflammation and obviously that's for health reset your energy reset your gut and there's a few reasons why i did that and and certainly like to see the effect on my energy and mood was part of it well something that i ended up having to do as a part of that program is give up a daily diet Pepsi habit that I've had for years, probably seven or eight years, you know, just buying two liters by just, you know, five or six a week. I don't know. I mean, I'm not the only one drinking that. My my wife likes it too, but both of us for a long time have wanted to get off of it. And, um, You know, I've had a few times people suggest like, well, why don't you, you know, try sparkling water or something like that? And I I happened to shortly after starting the Whole30 be out at an influencers dinner here in New York City. Somebody had organized, you know, online influencers into a little dinner and uh, they were all enjoying like this open bar and stuff. And I'm like, oh, I'm on a Whole30, no alcohol. I'll take a sparkling water just, you know, to have some – the guy's like, oh, I think he, he recommended it the way to – well, you at least want a sparkling water. So I'm like, sure, why not? And I actually really enjoyed it. So here's where this comes into play. is like I don't know if – you know, you've probably talked about on your show and if you did, I missed it. But, um, you know, Charles Duhigg's book, The Power of Habit. Yes, where he talks about the three, you know, you've got the trigger, the process and the payoff, right? And and one of the best ways to change a habit is just to short circuit one of those pieces. And so there are definite triggers where I would drink Diet Pepsi. Um you know, after eating certain foods I would crave that cool, you know, tingly kind of palate cleansing thing, right? And um and there's some other triggers, but that's just one example and and so the payoff of you know having something that 's not just you know boring tap water or whatever, like the payoff of having the cool the tingly something a little bit fun um, and, and the triggers like all I had to do was just remove diet Pepsi as the process and instead replace it with sparkling water and I experimented with that for about a week or two, and then a friend of mine I was at her house, Dory Clark. Um, who wrote a book called Stand Out? And she, we were just, you know, together for a strategy session together. And um, she said, "Hey, try my." I was telling her about this. She said, "Try my SodaStream." And I was like, "I was like, this is fantastic, you know." And then I, you know, it'll in the end it'll save me money in the hassle of either ordering, you know, through gro That's what we do here in New York city. We order our groceries online, <laughs> um, or, you know, lugging them from a grocery store and also less plastic, you know, save the earth, that, that good stuff. And so I'm like, you know what, I'm going to buy a soda stream. I, I clearly, this is working for me. And so there's kind of the why and the how behind that and why I shared it and, and how it's been and why it's so much fun for me. And now I'm, uh, like six, seven weeks without diet coke. I had it once and you might have seen me post that. And the reason I posted that is I said, okay, I went ahead and treated myself. I was out, you know, at a dinner. I was like, okay, let me get a glass of diet coke. I was curious uh, as to like, how, how's this going to taste? How will my mind and body react? And it was just way too sweet for me. And I was really encouraged to see that in five or six weeks. My palate had changed. You know, the payoff was different for me. Having practiced this other habit, like that, you know, things had started to rewire in my brain. And I honestly, I was half expecting to put it to my lips and have that, like, I don't know, like addictive reaction. Like, oh, there's the good stuff again. I'm so glad to be. And I was like, no, actually, this is too sweet for me. And to like not have it hit me in the same way, I was like, oh, that's great. And so uh, I continue with my sparkling water, and and all's well. And in, in, in that little area of my my health.
1: So I got to ask, when you originally were getting essentially addicted to the Diet Pepsi and forming that habit, was it out of necessity to like get a quick fix of the caffeine or does that play into it at all?
2: I'm sure caffeine ended up being a part of why I was hooked on it. Um, Although I'm not, I mean, I do drink coffee sometimes. At the time that I got on Diet Coke, I had never really drank coffee at all and still wasn't on, on coffee at the time. I think my wife and I originally it was um we definitely both kind of have a sweet tooth and I think it was a way we were trying you know, there was some other diet or program we were doing at the time and we we basically wanted something that was kind of sweet and a treat but without you know all the sugar and things like right. that so I, that's I think how it originally happened and then Definitely ended up just a a habitual thing, you know, going to Costco and buying 24 packs of cans and, and,
1: yeah. Oh, man, that's that's crazy. I don't know if, I know that recent listeners will have heard me talk about my goals and or rules, I guess is what I called them. Back in June, I went for the whole month after kind of talking and setting these out with with my mastermind, some rules for myself. And, And so one of them was doing 30 minutes of physical activity. Six days a week. And again, I hit four to five of those days of the six. And the goal was, you know, six because if I had set two to three, it would have been one or two. All right. so, so I set the standard higher. Uh, one of the other standards was not drinking anything but water. And then I allowed myself to have like one beer over the course of the weekend at some point. But other than that, I was basically going without. Sugar and carbs and dairy and all that kind of stuff, except from you know eggs. But I don't know why dairy, dairy is eggs are considered dairy. But anyway, I guess it's because yeah. they come from there. It's not the same. It's milk based stuff is what I can. Right, it. that is so, kind of odd. Yeah. So because so, because eggs are like protein. Anyway, and the fact that by doing that for one month, I lost twenty pounds without oh, yeah, really nice. even trying. And so July was a little bit different. I went to Chicago for podcast uh, movement up there, and uh, as of I haven't gained anything back, but mostly because I've not been like super aggressive. I not, I've not continued to lose either, but I've not been super aggressive. And so I wouldn't say that I formed a habit per se. And, and that's almost like a cluster of habits that wasn't really right. focused or wasn't really uh, intent on trying to achieve any specific thing. It was more of a, an experiment trying to see what would happen if dot, dot, dot. But uh, you did this kind of to change a habit specifically and not just for like long-term but for short-term gain
2: right i mean the the whole 30 thing was yeah an experiment and approach and and i'm definitely seeing like the benefits of that and everything that came from it you know the i when i started it honestly it wasn't in my mind i wasn't going and this is going to get me off of diet pepsi for life but That appears to be at least what's what's happened, and so that was a a welcome thing. And then as I as I thought about it, and what's funny is at first I wasn't necessarily thinking about that. Oh, Charles Duhigg says there's three pieces to a habit. But as I started, you know, as I had that you know seltzer or sparkling water, whatever you call it, and then I bought some at home. Like about a week into it, that's when it occurred to me. I'm like, wait a second, I've totally just like he says, I've short circuited the process, and so it is fun to. Not necessarily easy, but fun to experiment and, and and you know here's the thing is like it's and this actually is something I wanted to to talk about um, here too, is that part of what what motivated me in this was um, reading a book called "No Sweat." And No Sweat is made, it was written by a scientist, or like, I don't know, I think she calls herself like a behavioral researcher. Anyway, she studies human behavior, motivation, and specifically how humans manage to make lasting change in their life. And now, when it comes to physical fitness, which is, you know, hence the title No Sweat, we've all had that experience of like, oh, I want to be more active. Oh, I want to exercise better, whatever the case may be. And the problem is like it's really, I mean we've all had the experience that it's hard to like stick to it and like next we know like four weeks into it we get sick or we go on vacation, we get out of the habit and there's all this like oh I should, I should, and da da da. And she like right in the beginning of the book she makes a really interesting point. She's like look, everything that we typically believe about fitness and changing our health comes to us either from the medical establishment or marketing and neither is good at producing long term change. The medical establishment, yeah, they're telling us like the ideal and the what, you know, and they've discovered all kinds of interesting things, things about grains and fats and stuff that 30 years ago we had completely wrong about the body. But like – and they tell us that stuff and, you know, paleo is all the rage and stuff. like But that alone is not what's going to – at least for a good dose of a, – and a good, you know, majority of human beings not going to be like, oh, well, if that's what science says we should do, it doesn't necessarily mean just the next day we're going to start doing that, Right? And then marketing is all about, well, you know, marketing just wants us to buy. They're really <laughs> good at motivating us to buy that uh, exercise machine that we use for a few weeks and then start hanging our laundry on or, you know, buying the next beach body, whatever, you know, fancy. I mean, that, there's a reason why those things are changing. And next thing you know, you got a Zumba and then a whatever and then another one because we like need like the next trigger or whatever to get us to try something out. Anyway, here's the point of what she had to say, and one of the biggest takeaways from that book is she said, when it comes to our motivations for long-term change in exercise, and this applies to all, I found, all areas of our lives, that long-term payoffs are not very good at motivating us, and life is just going to get in the way. And she cites a study saying that, you know, so people who said, hey, I want to exercise and have better health, And they they surveyed these people and they divided them into two groups. The people who said that their reason for exercising was, you know, in a month or two or three months or six months, they wanted to lose X pounds. So a future outcome is what they were going for versus the ones who said, you know, my goal is I want to have more energy and just feel better. I I noticed that I'm more creative or focused or energized during the day when I take, you know, a bit of time to to sweat in the morning to move. Um, so that's like an immediate payoff one that you feel and focus on right away between those two groups one of them did a very good job of being consistent at exercising and the other one was very much less consistent and even gave up a lot more easily and and you probably guess at this point which one that was but the long-term future outcome were way less consistent at sticking to that new habit or goal that they wanted to have and so she encourages in this book when it's, you know, comes time to, do you know to be more fit and move more she's like you got to find something that it's a treat to show up and do and we have this really warped idea of what quote-unquote counts as physical activity but she's like look if that's riding a bike for you if that's walking for you if that's going outside and throwing the frisbee with your kid like figure out the movement that is a payoff for you now and feels like a treat now and stop quote-unquote shoulding on yourself about what your exercise needs to look like and so she and that was just an interesting eye-opener for me. And so, you know, in, in both my business and my personal life, fitness, health, all kinds of goals. Now I've like, okay, what's the payoff now? What needs am I getting fulfilled immediately in whatever strategy or approach I take to this goal, as opposed to simply going, I want to make X amount more money in a year. I want to lose X pounds. I want my life to look like this. You know, it's fine to have that vision for the future and we should have that, but you got to know Like, what are the needs and payoffs that you're fulfilling right now? Because look, that's just how human psychology and behavior and motivation work.
0: Dot com slash to-do list right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash to-do list. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
2: At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also
0: keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom
2: line? It's possible complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's Wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com/wonder. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, if. only in theaters it's May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news?
1: uh, as far as goal setting and planning for the future and saying, I want to think with the end in mind, but and that's all right, and that's good, and honestly, you should still get into being physically fit or any other habit change or goal reorientation that you do with that end goal in mind, at least in some capacity, but what you're saying is, is you're much more likely to stick with the daily in and out of moving towards that end goal if you can find a reward system of some sort a reason why for today not just a reason why for tomorrow and next year and next ten years
2: absolutely and you know this goes into you know in business and management consulting people talk about lead factors and and lag factors and to translate in that in the easier to grasp terms I talk about it as process goals or execution goals versus outcome goals and like on the whole 30 they they say don't jump on the scale we do not want you on the scale worrying about the future outcome of weight loss we want you paying attention to how you feel when you don't eat certain things and and when you do so it's like so so an example is let's say if i want to i mean i'm just going to use it a business example because as a business consultant this is the realm that i work in but you know, let's say that somebody wants to attract, you know, they they want to get more customers to their online business and they've got some goal in mind. And you might say that they, okay, the outcome goal might be to measure that and how many people come into their store or sign up for their email list. And, and like you said, that is important to have an idea of what that outcome goal is. But what's more important is to say, well, what are the daily things that I need to do and focus on? So the person who is, um, you know, attracting more customers and, and the person who is, you know, get, growing an email list, what's something that they might do? So you might say, OK, well, I'm going to, you know, be more prolific in my content. I'm going to guest blog more and you're choosing strategies. But then as far as execution goals, in the end, it comes down to I need to write every day. Or I need to publish two things a week, right? And so it's, these are the things that if I do them, they will make my outcome goals inevitable. And this is an advantage both of what we just talked about of like present motivations and payoffs, but also it's a lot like, you know, if you step on the scale two months from now and you haven't, your weight hasn't changed, well, it's too late. You've already seen that it's like, well, somewhere something fell to the side or something didn't work right and you have to try to reevaluate the last two months. But, whether it's in business or in eating or whatever, like if I can look at like, okay, I'm not eating dairy every day and you can see that I, you know, by not eating every day and you're tracking that daily execution goal as opposed to the weight loss, which is an outcome, that's actually far more effective in motivating you and you get a sense quicker if things are going awry. Like if you can look and go, oh, I did slip up and or I would missed a couple days of no dairy or of exercising or in the business example, oh, I didn't publish two new pieces of content next week. Well, you can pivot or fix that a lot faster than by tracking the outcome goal two or three months from now where it's already like the result is the result or lack of result is already behind you has already happened. Right. And so hopefully that that kind of made sense. But that's um, kind of it's it's shifted a lot of how I approach goals and execution and, and how I choose the strategies to go about reaching those ultimate objectives that I do want.
1: When you were saying that, I, I couldn't help but think of Seinfeld's – and I don't know if there's an official rule for this or uh, phrase for this, but it's this whole, like, don't break the chain rule. Yes, right. And, uh-huh. and I think that – so I, if I hear you right, I, I see this playing out as stepping on the scale would – for him would be getting out in front of people and trying out new material. But the not breaking the chain is the every day I write new material. Yes. And you just check it off on the calendar, and you and yep. the rule there is you consistently practice something until you get better at
2: it, honing that skill, right? Yeah, and in your case, it's, you know, I'm going to move 30 minutes a day, or, you know, I'm going to, you know, people get their Fitbit, and they're like, I'm going to walk 5,000 steps a day or 10,000 steps a day, and that's far more effective than, um, oh, I want to lose 20 pounds in the next six months, something like that, right? Yeah. And so whether it's your business, your personal life, your, you know, whatever, your creative pursuits... you you can look at the playing field and go, okay, well, what are the daily actions or the consistent actions of somebody who is successful in this arena? And so, you know, that's what I'm going to do, whether it's, you know, Seinfeld's, I'm going to write new material every day, or, you know, I'm, you know, in businesses might be, well, I'm going to reach out to a new potential business contact, you know, three times a day, whatever, like find that daily habit and ultimately, you know, preferably find, I mean, we all at some point have to do things that aren't quite the right fit or don't quite feel good to us, but as much as possible, we want to find the ones that are a treat and a payoff right now for us in in doing that. So. In my business, something that I, that I always do because I know it fills me up is follow my curiosity. So if I am setting an outcome business goal, whether that is to have more customers or to you know, attract higher profile opportunities or whatever the outcome is, I try to find a strategy, a daily consistent strategy that somehow peaks my curiosity and provides novelty for me, gives me an opportunity to learn something new. Because then I'm tapping into making it a treat and a motivator right now because when I do get to learn and, and experience novel things on a daily basis, I'm fueled, I'm motivated, and I'm excited. And so I'm trying to piggyback daily consistent success actions with these immediate payoffs and need fulfillment or making it a treat, whatever you want to, to, to label that. And it just makes it a lot easier to then knock down uh, I'm using the the visual of knocking down the dominoes that we yes. get from the book, the one thing, right? So um, it's kind of like, okay, what are those like little dominoes I need to be lining up on a daily basis to ultimately knock down that empire state building size domino that I want to happen at some point in the future?
1: Yeah, well, and so what, man, if I was a physicist or into physics at all, I know that there's a principle, a literal scientific principle behind that, where each time one domino falls, it has, like, the increased whatever. Yeah.
2: can knock down a domino 50% larger than it. And, and yeah. so, and you can find a, an amazing video on YouTube about this. If you just like domino physics, uh, you know, domino, I don't know what, you know, like a couple searches, you'd find it pretty easily. I'll, and it's, I'll find it's,
1: one and I'll throw it in the show notes.
2: Okay. Awesome. And, and the principle is that you could start with one that's just like, you know, half a centimeter or like a centimeter big. And, and it, it, Within 30 dominoes, you would knock down something, a domino as high as the Empire State Building, which, you know, is one of the tallest buildings in in North America, right? So it's a powerful visual and, and principle that I love using when it comes to planning my vision for the future, my next 90 days, as well as the daily, you know, to go back to everything we've been talking about, the daily consistent actions that are going to make those outcomes inevitable. Well, that's
1: one of the things for me is I personally during the month of June, like I said, I was doing those "quote unquote" rules. I did get the scale out every morning, first thing uh, after using the bathroom because I wanted to weigh less, and uh, <laughs> and and I would weigh myself and I would mark that down. I would I would write it down in my phone and I would see I would use it. I was using an app and I would see the line. Go further to the right and further down, I mean most of the time we talk about business we went further further up and to the right, but i when weight loss is concerned, you want it going to the right and down, seeing progress moving forward, and to be able to continue to see that line over time go down, and even if some days it was dropping a little bit more or other days dropping a little bit less, it was always dropping, and that always fueled me to move forward so And I think that was still, you know, one of those things, like, again, you talked about the whole 30 and not stepping on the scale. And I don't know, that may have, I mean, I I don't know if, I know that I would have felt a change in an intangible way, in an emotional way, in a physical way, but without any kind of concrete data or be able to point to the app on my phone and say, no, I may be feeling healthier right now, but I know that I am with certainty, like... Right, and you, you know, know
2: th- and I mean? that's an yeah, that's an interesting point because you know we all know that what you measure, you improve, and 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 metrics are important even if it's as simple as the calendar that you're xing off or you know the pedometer. I mean, I I love Fit because you know or or whatever those trackers. I mean, sensors are permeating our lives more and more every day, and and it is wonderful to have those feedback loops. So I don't know that I, I, you know, there's a blanket statement of like, don't weigh yourself, but, um, you know, attach, I think they're just trying to get you to think more in the present payoffs as opposed to, and then I'm sure after the whole 30, after you've kind of made that shift in how you are thinking of, then maybe you do start stepping on the scale, you know, however often, or, or measuring around your waist and, and garnering that kind of data, because that's important as well, as you say. So I think it's important to know, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, in the financial world, there's two or three ways to pay down your debt. And all of them have different advantages. Some people say, well, go for the card with the highest, you know, APR percentage rate because, you know, that's going to ultimately, financially speaking, be the best payoff. But then some people say, no, pay off the one that has the lowest balance first because when it comes to human motivation, that's going to create momentum. And so do that, whether or not the APR is the highest. So both have valid answers to it, right, with different data that you're looking at. So it's just kind of about knowing, again, what's, the right motivator and feedback loop for you.
1: Yeah, yeah. and well, and and I, as I say often on this show, with pro- all productivity methods and approaches, that it's not a one size fits all. There's no one silver bullet. And even for me, somebody else would have taken the different route of saying, "No, I don't have to step on the scale." For me, I think actually that daily stepping on the scale and waking up with that positive outlook of yes, yesterday was another success. Today's going to be another one. You know, that kind of fueling. That and then it did shift for me. It did actually shift to where on a day in the morning, I would say, Oh man, I really want to go do 30 minutes and sweat it out because I knew how the rest of my day would feel based on experience. Right. Yeah. So, and, and I think the key here is, and, and I think maybe to even pivot our conversation a little bit is that our emotions. And thoughts, even for that matter, can betray us or reflect incorrect information from time to time. And you've got to check yourself or re-perspectivize your your uh, reperspectivize. Wow. Anyway, I'll uh, trademark. Anyway, I don't know that that's a statement worth trademarking, but it, that our perspective can be askew because it's from inside ourselves, and so we can sometimes forget what progress we've actually already made.
2: Right. Yeah, so there's so many principles at play that we've talked about here, like yeah, having the feedback loop and the tracking of the metrics, lining up the dominoes, you know, the immediate, focusing on immediate payoffs and and motivators, and choosing the strategies to get you to those outcomes. And one of the best things that I've kind of learned from all this is, you know, I I think we get a very, you know, often we do look at you know other people reaching their goals or some of the traditional classic. Personal development or motivational stuff. And we get very stuck in like, oh, well, it, it looks a certain way. And if I only had more self discipline, if I only, but you know, we're, we're discovering new things every day about how the human mind works and what motivates us. And there's actually a lot of ways to go about reaching your ultimate goals. And, you know, in, in the work that I do as a consultant, I work with a lot of people who want to build their brands online. You know, they want to. And this is to, to give an example, ultimately, of, of the point I want to make here. But they, you know, they, they have an idea and outcome of, you know, they want bigger opportunities. They want to reach more people. They want a solid platform on the Internet that attracts their ideal customers. They want to get their message and their ideas out in the world. And. You know, in my approach of helping them accomplish that, I I apply all of these exact same principles. Like, I want to know look, there's like 10,000 ways that we can go about building their platform and putting their ideas into courses and programs on the internet. And, you know, maybe only two of those 10,000 are even wrong. And so that leaves 9,998 that are good. And the point is, like, the one that's best for them is the one they're going to be consistent at, the one that they're going, I mean, consistency keeps coming up in our conversation. So, you know, I want to understand, like, what are their strengths, their motivations, Yes, I want to understand their vision for the future, but like on a daily basis, what are they going to be excited to sit down and do? Is it writing? Is it video? Is it a podcast like this? What does a format of that look like? And even when it comes to the people that they reach out to and serve. And so, you know, I'm just trying to make a point here of like this idea of recognizing in yourself, like your daily needs that really drive and motivate you and then applying those strategically in the different areas of your life or business or personal development or even relationships is so dang powerful. And it doesn't have to look exactly like you see somebody else doing it. You know, I see that problem all the time in business is that somebody copies or feels like they have to do it in a way online that somebody else that they've looked at and, and looked up to even. And that's not necessarily true because we all have, again, different motivators and different strengths and, and different values even and and timing. If nothing else, our timing is different than somebody else. And so while there are principles that we can learn and some of those principles we've talked about today, when it comes to your health or your relationships, business, all that stuff, like, you know, find the strategies for reaching your most important objectives and outcome that are going to fuel and motivate you today. Because in the end, how does success look? Well, it looks like showing up consistently and executing consistently. And so anything you can do to fuel that consistency is absolutely the best thing when it comes to reaching the ultimate things that we want to uh accomplish in life, right?
1: Yeah. And you've been doing this for a while. And so I know that, for example, there's been a lot of people who have, when you said, uh, you know, copying other people and, and taking that, I, I look at it like this. There are people, you can look to them as templates or you can look to them as blueprints. Blueprints are set in stone, but templates is something to start with and then make your own, you know? Yeah. And Absolutely. So we get so stuck in the, no, so and so said, and this is, so this must be how it gets done. It's a blueprint. And then mm-hmm. we, you know, smack our head against the wall as to, why can't I make this work? I can't consistently work on this. It's because it's not who you are.
2: Yep. I don't want to get too existential or, well, I don't know. This no, isn't necessarily go there. existential, that, this is, but. <laughs> this is
1: the show for that. Go, go, go. I
2: think that one <laughs> of the secrets to life, and in some ways, this kind of sums up a lot of what we talked about. I think that one of the secrets to life is. Okay, so let me give an example. We talked a lot about like motivational, like da- you know, da- what motivates us on a daily basis, and this this works in great with that template versus blueprint thing. As human beings. We all share some very common needs that motivate and drive us. And like, you know, the classic example of this is Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know, starting with the basic things of like shelter and food and air and and then going up to things like belonging and, you know, and and then going up to things like self-actualization, feeling like we matter, contributing to something, being seen, being recognized, being understood. Now, even though as human beings we share common needs there, I find that we all have them at slightly different levels. So like, I'll just take my wife and I as an example, right? So in, you know, we we both have had entrepreneurial pursuits. We both work, um, you know, within entrepreneurial organizations or in growing them. Like for me, I enjoy my independence to a great level and I can really enjoy just the time to think by myself and reflect. And so I guess it's kind of a freedom thing um, that really drives me there in the way that I operate. Her, on the other hand, she wants to be connecting with people a lot, and she likes it when she's on a team of people that she interacts with on a daily basis. So she would be willing to actually give up some freedom by like, working within an organization where she gets that opportunity to fulfill the need for connection. So this comes back to what I think is one of the secrets of life is to be aware of The needs that we have, be aware of our needs, and especially the ones that are the most predominant, be able to negotiate the trade offs between those needs because often our needs are in conflict with each other like i just said like more freedom might mean giving up or changing the way we connect but we all as human beings have a need for both some degree of freedom and some degree of ne- connection but obviously you got to negotiate those two so awareness and negotiation of our needs being able to communicate those needs well to those around us you know whether that's our partners spouses children coworkers whoever and then finding the appropriate strategies for us as individuals to meet our most important needs in all the areas of our lives. And I think when you have that self-awareness, of those needs and the strategies that you use to optimally meet those needs, that uh, life becomes a lot more smooth and fulfilling. And so next time you find yourself in like dissonance or feeling unfulfilled or a conflict in a relationship or just like, oh, this is really not uh, working out for me, whatever, like look at the needs that are may not be ideally getting fulfilled or that aren't being communicated well. And uh, there might be a breakthrough there for you in terms of adjusting re-pivoting and, and finding, renewing your momentum towards um, you know whatever objectives you have in your life.
1: It's almost as if we all have this unique recipe and we need the yeah. right proportion of the ingredients of those needs
2: yeah, for the food to come out the right way. Right. Yeah, we all share the same subset, but yeah, if, the, if there's like a, a setting for each of them, it's slightly different for all of us. And uh, that makes life interesting.
1: Yeah. What about... Continuing down with consistency and that that line of thinking in terms of when things don't seem to line up and maybe we do need to recheck the recipe and all that. But what if we can't help but look at others in that template or blueprint way and we fall into that imposter syndrome of comparison?
2: Yeah, man, that is a slippery slope and insidious, um, and I fall into it uh, regularly. I mean, certainly, hopefully some of what we've said here about – you know, about, hey, we all have our unique recipe or cocktail or whatever of of these things like helps you be willing to like give yourself permission to discover what that is. And even though like you said, like you might look at somebody else and see them as like, you know, oh, I really want what their outcome is. But remind yourself that, you know, there's a lot of different paths and we can never duplicate perfectly their recipe, their timing, their, you know, and so it is tricky. But I'll, I'll tell you when it comes to Imposter syndrome. So, you know, this is a, a real thing that's been called, you know, labeled imposter syndrome, imposter phenomenon, imposterism. Um, you know, recently uh, you've got Amy Cuddy, who, you know, had the Power Poses TED Talk, and she wrote a wonderful book called Presence, which is about kind of showing up with confidence and boldness as your best self in your life and, and in all things. She talks about imposter syndrome in there. And one of the the ways that she says to show up with confidence and to avoid kind of this comparison trap and to maintain maximum confidence and clarity in everything you do is that she talks about your authentic best self, defining your authentic best self and referring to that often. And she points to a study where people were put into a room with, uh, you know, researchers, but they were basically, they were put in this room and they were, it was under a lot of like stress. They were asked to like, I can't remember what it is, like recite the alphabet backwards or something while the people who were moderating were like, you know, just staring at, I can't remember. It was something really difficult, like where they could put people under stress and have them do a task. And they had each of these two groups do, you know, one group just, you know, went in there cold and the other group, they had review like an essay that they had written about themselves, about their best habits and the best aspects that they had found about themselves. And the people who you know, reviewed that you know, authentic best self definition went in there and were able to perform it, You know, not let the stress of, what, of the, the situation that was created – I wish I could remember the exact specifics, but they were able to perform at a higher level without letting this, the, the stress erode their um, confidence. So what does that look like to define our authentic best self? I mean, that's something that I, I strive to continue to define and track and refer to often and then implement in my life. You know, she kind of loosely recommends some things, but in my experience as a business consultant and helping people in in business, you know, I I try to help them find Um, you know, their unique strengths when it comes to communication or the way they think or the way they strategize, or you know, some of us are good at starting things really fast and just diving in and figuring it out. While some of us are like more thoughtful and want to, you know, collect more data. Some of us are really good at establishing systems and following those systems, and some of us are like think out of the box type people. Um, you know, some of us can get started with like, hey, just give me just the details and then I'm gonna follow my intuition. And none of these are wrong answers, none of these are wrong approaches. And the more you understand. Your approach to life and creativity and striving and and, and just pursuit of, of the things that matter to you, the better you are going back to my needs thing at, at identifying those needs and then choosing the right strategies, whether that's for weight loss or relationships or personal development or your business growth. To show up consistently. So start a document called Your Authentic Best Self in Evernote or Word or Google Docs, whatever, or even handwritten, and just like, you know, start tracking stuff. Maybe you take assessments and you get an insight and you write that stuff down. Maybe you write letters to five. I, I, this is a great thing that I recommend people do write letters to five or six people that you trust and say, you know, could you give me some feedback on like, what do you think I'm really good at in life? What do you depend on me for? When do you see me thriving and alive the most? And then take those letters and look for the commonalities and record those things or write down, you know, the times and and places and circumstances where you feel like you are optimally performing. You know, something that I do a lot with my clients, again, these are people who want to have bigger influence online, is I, I try to help them discover their voice, which is a little bit of a nebulous thing. But that's the best way that they influence the right phrasing in their messaging, the right way to tell their story that resonates so that people you know, so that they stand out in a very noisy marketplace and that they attract the ideal people that they want to work with and can make the biggest impact on in their business. And it's it's all like this self-inventory of finding their best habits and their best modes of communication and thinking and then, you know, cherishing and leveraging and giving yourself permission to do it with your unique recipe, to, to use your word again. And so, you know, it's an iterative process through life that works by, experimentation and, and feedback and increased increments of self-awareness. But um man, it makes life a lot more fulfilling and then the results of everything you do. I guess the return on investment to use a very businessy term of, of your time and energy and money and all the other things that you you put into your pursuits in life, you know, it makes it so you can be more consistent because you're more fulfilled, you're more fueled, and you're more likely then to reach those ultimate outcomes that, you know, that you want.
1: Yeah, it sounds like we're creating this positive feedback loop, if you will, and not just in an emotional or an affirmation. Let me say my affirmations so that I feel good about myself or believe that, that it's folding all the positive things in on itself towards, again, to go back to the dominoes, where each time you set up a new domino, you can move forward with much more strength. It may be just a little bit more than last time, but it's more than before.
2: Yeah, and so not expecting, you know, self-discovery is a lifelong pursuit, and, you know, we keep using this word feedback, and feedback gets built into, you know, we've talked about fitness trackers, we've talked about stepping on the scale. You know, whether it's sending those letters to friends, you know, sometimes it's it's simply like tracking what is and sometimes it's getting outside perspective because we often discount or are unaware of the things that come easily to us. And so we need that's why we always could use masterminds and coaches and. Producers in the music studio, if you're a musician, or there's, you know, it's built in all over in in, in life. And um, so finding those uh, sources of, of feedback is, is critical. Like right now, I love doing Facebook Live as a big thing online because for me, again, giving my strengths and knowing what I enjoy, it's very easy for me to, um, you know, hit broadcast and talk for 10 or 15 minutes, get a handful of people on there. Lob an idea out there that I'm kind of mulling around, see how people react to it. I love that. That's that's a feedback loop for me. And it's a very quick one, like in a matter of I could be, go from an idea in my mind to broadcasting on Facebook to more insight about how, what people think about that in 30 minutes than a lot of other channels. And then I take that and if it, you know, and craft it and then I and then I end up maybe making it into a, a blog post or an ebook or a more you know, thought out and planned podcast episode. So the idea of feedback loops in life is invaluable and so deliberately building those into our pursuits is is paramount.
1: Yeah, especially. And and again, like I, even going back to me creating my rules, like I wouldn't have done that had I not been in front of a small group of guys that are part of my mastermind. I wouldn't have said, hey, I really want to like feel different and be different than I feel right now. And I know that it has something to do with health. Let me throw some stuff out there, see what sticks, and get your feedback on it. And so that was, again, one of those things where it just wouldn't have happened without actual interaction. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I think that I need to go ahead and continue to study my own recipe, you know? And uh that's what I'm walking away with from this conversation is I want to Re up in the the studying of my own recipe and becoming, you know, more diligent about discovering that true authentic self of my own. I know many of my listeners would be interested in doing that as well and following along with you as you do that. So Jason, where can people find you online?
2: Well, this is a little bit off the cuff. I mean, obviously, they can find me online at my website, jasonvanorden.com, dot com, um, which is is my blog and, and my hub. And these are themes I love talking about. When it comes to the authentic best self stuff and discovering your needs, and I would love to put together a resource uh, for people where. And so, I'll have to put this up here in the next couple of days. But go to jasonvanorden.com dot com forward slash best self, and there's all kinds of wonderful resources I can point you to. To help you start unfolding that, you know, there's there's some books, some assessments, um, you know, a couple blog posts, just things that I've collected over time that have really, I mean, again, this is me going back to the very beginning of the, of the, of our conversation where I said, one of the things I love and enjoy doing best is connecting people with the right exact piece of knowledge or resource that helps them move forward in in whatever they're trying to do right now. And so I'd love to do that for your audience. If you go to jasonvanorden.com forward slash best self and I'll pull together you know, a number of resources that have worked well for me in unraveling that process.
1: Awesome! And if you're listening to this on the go, I'll have that in the show notes. So you'll be able to find that link really easy. Jason, thank you so much. This has been an awesome conversation, and you're going to have to come back sooner rather than later.
2: Awesome. Yeah, I would love to anytime. I thoroughly enjoyed our conversation, Eric. I hope that you're
1: walking away from this conversation with a better understanding of What it is you need to be doing next for you, whether that's thinking about those big goals, thinking about what the small components of feeling good and feeling better and accomplishment in the here and now as it relates to those goals looks like, becoming a better student of you or becoming more aware of what that true or best version of yourself is, that most authentic version of yourself and again, I want to make sure that uh, you remember to go and check the show notes out for this episode where you can find all the links to the things mentioned by Jason or myself. You can find that at beyondthetodolist.com slash 149. I also want to say thank you again to AWeber for supporting this episode of Beyond the To-Do List. AWeber is a leading email marketing platform for growing businesses and entrepreneurs. Make sure to go check out that online resource landing page where you can get free videos and downloadable checklists that'll help you launch the next important marketing tactic for what it is you are doing in your online presence, whether that's a business, whether that's a hobby. You got to go grab that stuff because it will get you to that next place tangibly to support you getting started with that next step. Head on over to aweber.com slash to-do. That's aweber.com slash to-do. If you enjoyed this episode, please do us a favor by doing us a favor by going over to beyondthetodolist.com slash iTunes and leaving us a rating or a review. It supports the show. It helps people find the show. And if you found it helpful, I know others will as well. Help us with that. Do that favor for us, please. Thank you so much. I will see you next episode.